Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Hope you're all safe and well. And thank you for joining us either on this show live, uh, which we're encouraging a lot more people. I know we've got to get the timings right, so it's good for everybody. But um, what a way to start a Monday morning. Um, I can't think of a better way than speaking to Nevin. Um, good morning, Nevin. How are you, my friend? All good, all good. Though I'm a little worried that uh, you have no better plans than talking to me. But I, I, you need to have a better life. I, I, well, I don't know how I can um, start my week um, better than talking to you first thing. Uh, for me, anyway. I know it's um, middle of the afternoon for you back home. But uh, no, uh, until I can think of something... Another way of starting my week better, I'll let you know. But for the moment and for the past few months, it's been my um, look forward to uh, time in the week and uh, sets me up for the week. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoy doing this as well. But like <laughs> Britain opens up and allows you to go out, watch a couple of matches, you know, you know, meet friends and things like that. Is it happening soon? Uh, no, is the short answer. Um, but at least we've got a bit of a roadmap. Um the Prime Minister set out a roadmap that if all things go according to plan, he'll, he he told us when things will start opening up. Uh, the big one that we've uh, all penciled in is April the 12th, when uh, bars will be able to open and serve outside. So <laughs> we've got to get through the next four or five weeks before we can even go to the bar. Um, hopefully the weather will be well. I don't think it matters what the weather will be. The bars will be full yeah. in the Bay Gardens that day. Oh uh, but after that, the big day is June the 21st, when most, if not all restrictions, if everything goes according to plan, will be lifted. So after that announcement... And have you gotten your uh, vaccine yet? Uh, have they rolled out any plan for you? I should get it by um, middle of uh, April, late April, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think the country reached 20 million mark yesterday, which is really good. Uh, but yeah, so June 21st seems a long way away, but considering how far we've come, that's not too long to wait now. So like I said, a lot of people are booking June the 22nd off. Um, uh, because, uh, you can imagine what it will be like, although it's a Monday, I think a lot of people will be treating it like a Saturday night, but, um, um, how are things with yourself, uh, back home and more to the point, what's the latest news from, um, uh, your club? Oh, all's good. Um, in terms of, uh, World FC, the fixtures are out now, we're playing, uh, Kerala United first. That's a big club in Kerala right now. They, they're the ones that were sponsored uh, or backed by Sheffield. And uh, they're a big club. They've made a couple of, uh, rather like five, six really nice signings. So it'll be a big match. It's also the first match of the tournament. So a lot of eyeballs there as well. I've headed back home. I had some other work to do. So I'm back in Kochi. But uh, the preparations are going fine. And hopefully we'll be able to see, you know, Something interesting happening. I'm, I'm hoping for a positive result, but that's all we can say right now. Well, uh, and sorry, I was just uh, just hearing uh, that they can't hear me. They can hear you, which is the most important thing, I suppose. Um, I'm just checking my audio, um, but hopefully somebody will tell me soon that it is working. And you can hear me, can't you? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Um, but... Um, in terms of uh, the preparations, uh, you're back home and um, 
will you be spending your time between home and uh, Kovalam? Yeah, I mean, my my role with Kovalam is more to do with the uh, the PR side of it. I just go there because I'm also good friends with footballers and I like spending time there. So uh, my role, I can sit here also, and we are. I'm like more concerned about building the academy and that that aspect of the club. So we are making plans for the next year right now. We're using the summer to sort of you know chart out a list of activities which includes possible tournament within the coast itself. So sort of looking at like a coastal unity. So we get like a lot of clubs around the coast of Trivandrum to come and play a tournament with us and things like that. So we're doing the planning. We've left the the preparations for KPL and uh, the training sessions and everything to the head coach himself. So he, he takes care of all that. And wherever we, we are needed to chip in, we go there and help in whatever way possible. And plus they're playing the matches in Kochi. So they're going to be coming here. So I can just go directly to the team um, uh, all of Cole FC's matches will be held in Kochi. Uh, so, looking forward to that as well. Fantastic. And obviously, um, we'll look forward to keeping an eye on that and uh, seeing how that progresses um, as the season starts. Um, but now, moving on to the big news from over the weekend. I mean, I know the ISL try and plan and make it a big event as much as possible with the fixtures and and um, uh, the games and, you know, make it into a, uh, a good weekend of football. But I don't think even they could have planned for the last game we, uh, day to be as big as it was uh, with uh, so much at stake in both games. I don't think they could have yeah. planned it better. But, you know, strangely enough, I think Indian football has this tendency of taking to the last day, right? Like we've been saying this forever now. Uh, you know, titles being decided on the last day and titles which even three teams could possibly win being decided on last day and things like that. Especially the I leagues uh, in the last four, five seasons at least. Uh, maybe not the last time around when Mohan Bogan won. Uh, you know, comfortably declared winner even with, the, uh, even with the season that was hit by COVID. So, but otherwise, uh, Indian football has a tendency to somehow make it uh, towards the last day. And I think it's also because we've got, uh, you know, only a very few teams or a handful of teams playing. So, like, the result here and there is enough to, you know, keep the keep the, uh, the chasing back right behind the leaders. So, uh, very interesting last day uh, for the league. I mean, nobody could have planned that. I mean, having two matches of that much significance is something uh, nobody could have planned. And uh, fair play. I mean, we did discuss about Goa so many times in the show and we, we always said that uh, you know Goa have been sort of like a, a top four team they've sort of had the credentials that uh, you know made up that way because they've been consistently performing so uh, yeah I mean to to see that Goa has also made it gives that sense of normalcy also in some way that you know huh, they've, they've, been, they've been building this and uh, it's good that they didn't have to lose the momentum but sadly you have to uh, sadly, that meant no Hyderabad FC, who to me were the team of the season. They played really exciting football and they really trust their Indians as well. So, uh, a little sad that, you know, that uh, Hyderabad FC project couldn't, you know, reach to the final. But they're a very young team. They'll come back next season. And uh, I don't think that there will be anyone at Hyderabad who is even mildly disappointed with how the season has turned out. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Hyderabad because they're the first team that I wanted to talk about because, um, like you said, they did bring, um, uh, generate a lot of uh, love and affection for the way they um, um, played this season. Only their second season since moving to Hyderabad and um, uh, the coach has done an amazing job with a few Indian internationals, but a lot of Indian players. And they came very close yesterday. You can see the tactics. Uh, I watched a bit of the game um, but um, I, I thought they had a fantastic season and the fact that they've extended this contract shows a good progression and a good management that, that they seem to have. And like you said, the fans in Hyderabad, I know you know quite a few um, really well. They must be really proud of the t what their team achieved, even though they missed out uh, just. Yeah, I know. I mean, when we, we keep talking about the likes of Liston and we talk about fullbacks and how they performed really well. I think for me, Hyderabad FC is perhaps more defined by somebody like a Halicharan Nasri, where I think he's been a player we've talked about for ages now. I think Kerala Blasters fans really didn't like him, despite his, you know, uh, tireless running in the wings. Stephen Constantine always tended, tended to like him. So, um, a lot of people didn't have, uh, or, or rather didn't understand why Nasri kept playing. And I still remember attending a press conference in Bombay where Constantine was asked this question, why is Nazari playing? And he's like, I'm the coach for a reason. And I thought that was very arrogant and sort of proved back then for him to answer that way. But you can see the point, right? And, and a good team, and I probably have to go back to Liverpool and Klopp there. I mean, if there is some potential, these teams or these coaches evolve. And I think uh, the, the way Nazari has improved this season and became a very... Uh, very matured midfielder, matured winger, is, I think, a sort of like an encapsulation of what uh, uh, what Hyderabad FC was this season. They they brought out the best in each individual. They understood what they what they what you know what works best for their players and what is not possible with their players. So they didn't try to overdo things, and the foreigners clicked uh, uh, very well as well. I don't know if it's got anything to do with the potential partnership world one has to do with Dortmund because they were like Dortmund in some way. They, they, they trust their youngsters, they play to, to their potential. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think Hyderabad, like, like we just discussed, I think Hyderabad had a very good season and, uh, and I hope the project continues. And I, I can't see why the project will not continue. They, they, most of the players are going to stay and... Uh, I think they've got a very interesting manager. They've got a good management as well. So, and it's a very good city. Let's not forget that Hyderabad has a history of football, especially in the 60s and early 70s. Hyderabad Police was a very, very strong outfit. And uh, it's nice that Hyderabad has football again. And hopefully, the crowd is also going to back them up. Well, funny, you're reading my mind at the moment because that was going to be my question. You know, there was a reason they moved uh, from Pune and we've heard about, you know, Orisha moving from Delhi because sustainability. Uh, this seems like a good project and you seem to have answered my question before I asked it in the sense, is it sustainable in the city? Is there we've been doing this podcast for almost two years now. It's high time I started reading your mind. <laughs> um but um, from what you say, the fan base can only grow after the season they've had. And um, in terms of uh, local leagues, and um, do you think this is a, I, I know we're thinking big picture here, but um, I know the history has been there in the past, but not in terms of uh, such a, a, a 
how can I, I was going to say a big club, because I sell clubs, you have to say they're big now, but you think it's sustainable and it can grow um, around Hyderabad in terms of uh, academies and local talent and what have you? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, ideally, yes, it, it's got everything to do. Uh, I mean, it, it's even backed by a lot of celebrities because uh, I was looking at the number of people who were supporting Hyderabad FC prior to the match and literally all of the Telugu cinema industry had come out in support of Hyderabad. There's, there's something happening there. They are very proud of their team and they're very happy with the way they performed the season. And I know we, we, we purists tend to, you know, take the stats, oh, we don't want cricketers involved in football, we don't want football, like Bollywood inter, you know, involved in football and things like that. But, you know, football is so small that we need all kind of exposure right now. And especially for a city like Hyderabad, who's not really had good football for a, a long period. I know for the Hyderabad has been around, but it's not like a lot of people would attend those matches. So, to, you know, it's very important that the team is backed and it's, I feel it is being backed. I feel like they're putting the right kind of uh, effort in terms of promotion and they're getting it back as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope this project really kicks on. I feel the everything uh, everything is right. I, if I may add something, um, I hope ISL clubs now start taking owners and also start like, um, you know, organizing tournaments on their own. Maybe have like a uh, an invitational tournament, say in in July or uh, maybe June, and you know get a lot of other football clubs to play. It doesn't have to be just ISL clubs playing each other again. You can get like an I League side also to come. It's not that difficult, you know. I don't know why they do it. I don't know if the AFF has put some restrictions on you know holding such tournaments, but we need more football. I can't believe that you know I have to now wait till October for football to start again, and that's just that's just disheartening because I know both you and I, we were really happy with Odisha last season. We thought they were they were on the right path, they were trusting the youngsters, and look what a gap is, you know, done to them. Suddenly the team is nowhere. I know uh, Odisha had a very good perform uh, very good last match of the season, but that was that had no consequence. So probably the team you know, team also was like, you know, let's just go out there and have fun. And East Bengal, let's be honest, we're not the best side to, you know, really challenge them as well. So um, yeah, I really hope there is more football so that the Hyderabad uh, project can continue. And I hope the same thing that happened to Odisha doesn't happen to them. That halt is really, you know, something that a lot of football clubs can't afford right now. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. I mean, we can say that, you know, although Odisha didn't have the best seasons, and you quite rightly point out now what for the next six months, but at least we can see two clubs um, that we can say, you know, they seem to be on the right path, um, but just they need a bit of a um, an environment where they can progress and have those tournaments. Um, what do you think of the idea of bringing back, you know, there used to be tournaments all over the country, you know, big tournaments like Rovers Cup is the one that comes to my mind, but there used to be some other tournaments around the country, uh, bringing them back um, in the mid-season until we can sort out a proper league that lasts longer. Uh, with a cup involved as well. I mean, ideally, yes, bring back all the tournaments if you like. <laughs> I know Duran Cup was brought back last season. I thought that was a, that was a, a positive step, but that's not enough. That's not enough for all football clubs in the country. Kerala used to have big tournaments, uh, uh, like I remember Chakola, Saint Navji, and we, we used to even have foreign teams taking part in these uh, these uh, tournaments. So. 
um, and that's that's another step, right? Like Bangladesh, for example, they've got very very good teams. We want a couple of Bangladesh teams come play a couple of tournaments here. A Nepal team, maybe Sri Lanka. Or I mean, I'm not saying they're the top stand. If you can if you can get Japan and Thailand and China and all to come, that that's great. But I'm sure a Bangladesh team will not. Uh, say no, and we need that. That's part of our football. You know, we need to have these tournaments, these shorter tournaments. They're not saying, you know, keep it for a you know long time, keep it for six months. No, let's have like a three-week tournament, like a month-long mm. tournament, and make it a festival. Let's just enjoy football again. I think that's really been missing, and I hope people understand that's very important. But I, I maybe it's coming from a point of view where I just edited a video of a Mohammedan player talking about his days. In late seventies and early eighties, and the amount of football they played—it's ridiculous. They, they played all kind of tournaments across the country. They were playing, 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 playing. Now footballers, I don't know what they do. It's just like it's March now. A lot of teams have already played their final match now, and now they just sit there. And you know, their the contract doesn't allow them to go out and have fun and play another football match. Also, it's just. I hope I hope AFF and FSTL and everybody concerned with football in this country realize that we need more football matches. Yeah, hundred percent, and it's something we've said um, repeatedly. And uh, funnily enough, it's uh, something Coach Laszlo in the last game for China, and I think also said uh, that um, you know the players, what what are they going to do now? They need a longer season. Um, we, we've been saying that for a while. Obviously, this last current season was um, something different. Um, hopefully, never to be repeated. Um, so hopefully the federation will look at that and maybe um, you know I think there are plans to introduce a cup, but hopefully they can bring that sooner. But it'll be good to get some of these historical cups like uh, the, the Duran Cup, like you mentioned, that was back. I think um, the history that those tournaments have, if we can get those during the off season or we'll have it as pre-season tournaments, so uh, you know the gap is long uh, shorter, it'd be uh, something good. Uh, I know the powers that be do listen to you, but um, hopefully they'll pick up on this as well. Um, the next team I want to talk about is FC Goa, um, and I know they are pretty much regulars. I think it was mentioned uh, several times yesterday uh, that they always get into the semi-finals. Uh, they've got a good uh, tradition and history in the, in the ISL, but I think this season was probably, I don't know, you probably correct me, their toughest in terms of the player losses, the new manager, but even despite all that, I thought they did really well to come back in, and um, although it took them to the last game, they deserve to be there. I have a different opinion regarding that. I thought like I, I keep looking at social media and everybody's like, oh no, the team was uh, you know going through a change. I was turbulent times initially and all that. Uh, That's my view. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, your view is what pretty much everybody has. I mean, and I agree. I understand like Lobera moving uh, would have been definitely uh, you know hard pill to swallow, even though it was supposedly a mutual decision or. Or with, but I, I, I even heard that it was FC Goa's management that decided to part ways. But nevertheless, that, that definitely would have taken it over. But they, they used the summer really well. I thought they, they, they were making clever signings, and uh, and this is FC Goa we're talking about. They already have a good supply of youngsters with them. It's, it's not like a team like say Hyderabad, who just you know start from scratch. They've not got like a lot of players in their youth ranks to just you know. Uh, you know, just start playing them. So, I don't think FC Goa had it as tough as these people, you know, play. Um, they should have, considering that the team that they have, 
they should have been in that uh, in the top four place easy they should have made it you know towards the last day and uh, if you see uh, throughout the season they they they've been quite shaky they they got a few lucky results i felt like a few uh, penalty decisions going their way a few ghost goals here there that and so i mean i'm happy that fc goa is there because that's our continuity project we're talking about they've been there in the playoffs for uh, you know few years now so we want uh, and you want a team that really trusts their indians to keep going there and you know keep hitting their uh, target every season but i disagree with this whole you know there's so much change you know there's so much change in every indian football league there's no team that's consistent because it, again it comes down to the gap it comes down to the fact that most players are signed for like six month contract so they are up in you know they can be sold or like you know transferred at any any point so i don't believe the the the, the rhetoric so much but credits to them to being there and and i thought they showed the doggedness also towards the end that that is always required because i think goa was always the pure team they were always like if, if the opposition scores three we can score four and our idea is to enjoy football i have seen both sergio lobera and fc goa in their two different ways understand the need to you know defend or play or play at, at some point in the season so it's been a good evolution for both both parties i guess this season and one player that i was surprised with because obviously um i don't keep uh, really up to date in terms of the player tran- uh, transfers and what have you was abdul khan uh, turning up goa yesterday from hyderabad funnily enough uh, but it was good to see him back and uh, obviously also look at the fact that somebody like uh, hyderabad fc uh, before the tournament we were all saying adil is their only star player Mm. And they decided to let him go. So that's also partly due to the vision that Hyderabad FC has got. Like we we have we want to trust the youngsters. We've got a certain idea to you know how we're going to play football. Sana had a superb season, so that really helped to have like an Indian defender there. So yeah, but like good to see Adil is still around and you know playing football because we need him for the national team. It's not like we are filled with a lot of centre back options. So. to see adil fit and ready to play and he had a decent match yesterday so um, yeah and yeah, he's, he's come back at the right time because the federation have announced a couple of friendlies um and hopefully um i think it's is it oman and uae or um hopefully they'll bring their strong teams um because they are um ranked higher than us um, and they don't bring any um uh, second stringers but i think they'll be a good it's a good time for adil to come back let's put it that way um with the squad to be announced soon so but no i think he had a good first game back considering uh, but it was a nice surprise for me i wasn't aware that that was on the cards uh, but um moving to the uh, the top 2 no, um, may i ask you a question instead though like now that adil is also playing how do you want your indian side to be in the center back position do you want like three men in the back do you do you prefer a flat four ideally i'd be a flat four uh with two center backs and um right and left back um that i've got that attacking instinct uh, i think with borges um in front of them i think he can provide the cover uh so i'm happy to go with two i know i think you prefer three yeah i i perhaps obviously that's why i asked but um, because there seems to be a lack of pace i mean let's just i know pritham and sandesh have been playing together for 80k so you don't want to break that duo also 
So I think considering how uh, the season has panned out, I wouldn't be surprised if Seamash took a, a three men in the back uh, approach in the, in the upcoming match. So also be playing higher rank sides, so that means more defensive protection as well. Because like you said, we're not, um, you know, we don't have a strong uh, centre-back bench. Uh, so if you, who, who would your three be or, or who would your two be with Sandesh? Sandesh and Pritam for me, I think because they've played together, uh, Pritam Kotal for ADK. And uh, I know a lot of uh, players, you know, uh, Gaurabora, Sarthak, or all, Sumitrati are all nice, but uh, I know maybe Adil is still there because of the, the physical presence that he brings to the table. Sana had a good season with Hyderabad FC, so that's also an option. So, putting yeah. one out there, Bora for Orisha. I know he's still uh, developing. Yeah, but Bora has been error-prone this season. Yeah, I've yeah, not really yeah. seen that kind of development that we expected from him. So, uh, yeah. considering the performances this season, I don't think he's there in the top five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, he is error-prone. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I just think that we've got um, a whole host of talent when you come when it comes to right backs and left backs. Um, so we should utilize that instead of another central defender. That's my only thought. But um, especially you know, the full back uh, full back combination of Hyderabad uh, uh, FC, I think they they've been quite stellar this season. So yeah, they should probably give it get a shot. But how do you how do you also not play somebody like Prabir Das? I love that player. I think he. He brings in so much versatility. He's a good attacker. He's a good defender as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting how the Indian team pans out. Yeah, it will be. And um, it'll be interesting to see whether Stimak goes with the trial and tested or having seen um, a number of players come through in the ISL season. And we'll talk about that in a, uh, a couple of weeks when we do the review. Because I think uh, quite a few Indian players have come through this season. And uh, we'll have to see if... Um, Stimak goes, I know he went through a load of players initially to see what sort of talent he has. And we'll see. Hopefully he doesn't go back to that. But he brings in a few players uh, from the current ISL season who had a, who've had a good season to see how they um, handle international football. Uh, but that's um, for a couple of weeks and uh, we'll see uh, what sort of squad he brings. Uh, but moving to the top two, uh, well, before we come to the top two, um, Northeast United. Um, we were both hoping they'd get through. They got through comfortably in the end um, with a win um, over your boys. I say your boys, uh, Kerala Blasters. Um, Well-deserved. And it's so refreshing to see another name in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Northeast did uh, qualify for the playoffs while uh, Ilko was their coach. So it's not new to them. But nevertheless, uh, completely unexpected. This was a team expected to finish bottom at the start of the season. Nobody thought they were serious at all. Then they sacked their manager in between. We were like, oh no, he's saving the money. They realized that, you know, the season is not for them. And suddenly you look at them, you know, it's a solid finish. And Khalid Jamil, what a guy, what a guy. I, mean, I know we've talked about him in the in the past episodes. I think he's been like a recurring theme for us ever since he sort of started that uh, uh, that stint with, uh, with Northeast United. But uh, credits to the team. I we never saw this, so probably the think tanks behind the team understood what was happening. They uh, they decided what what was best for them. Uh, Northeast to give them credit, they've always hired, uh, they've always uh, signed really good foreigners, not necessarily the flashy 
uh, ones that will, you know, they'll bring the eyeballs in. But they, you know, their form, formless have been quite good most of the time. And this season too, they've stood there from center back position to the attackers. They, they've had like good contribution from the foreigners and it, it things just worked, right? Say somebody like Suhair, for example, who, anybody who's seen Indian football uh, would know that Suhair likes to move centrally. He's not an out and out winger. And uh, credits to Khalid Jamil that he understood, huh, I can't afford to keep Suhair so far away from the court. He's got a natural instinct to score goals. He, he moved him closer to the to the center and he, he you know he repaid the faith by two goals, two very important goals considering where Northeast was at that point. So um, credits to Khalid Jamil for understanding the players and not you know being afraid to tweak the system. I think uh, I think he's better than a lot of foreign coaches who've come to India. Let's be very honest. I mean so I think it's high time we shed this idea that Foreign coaches means you know better plans, better strategy, better training. No, got if not if not the same level. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I would say we've got coaches as good as these foreigners in this country. Yeah, but that leads me to the question: Do you think um, is uh, how much credit should Gerard take for this? Oh, I love him. I've, I've not. Heard. In the fact that uh, Gerard Nuss was a uh, very interesting coach, he, he organized that team and he had uh, something going for them. But Kali Jamil improved that team, right? So I don't know what happened. Did did uh, Gerard Nuss lose the uh, dressing room? Is that why the dip happened in mid season? Nobody knows what happened. But like with the same set of players, an Indian manager comes in and he improves, uh, he improves the squad. So I don't know how. How to credit it? Was the side always good? Was it our, you know, uh, preconceived notions said, you know, Northeast was a bad side and was a coach doing all these things? Maybe it was always a good side and we never realized it. So, very difficult to rate a coach with like four or five matches. So, yeah, I, I don't want to say anything, but I thought it was a good prospect. I wouldn't be sad if I see him with Kerala Blasters next Oh season. my goodness. <laughs> I, I'm I not sure I'd want to wish that on. Um, anybody, anybody. That's <laughs> like no. uh, defense against dark arts teacher in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> no, only joking. Before, because I know how passionate uh, the fans are in Kerala. I'm only joking. It's tongue in cheek. Um, but, but like, I, I, I would rather have Robertson. Like, he's done with what what he's done with uh, Real Kashmir. Real Kashmir. Yeah. Mm. You know, he deserves the sun as well. You know, he's, he's been in the mountains and away from the sun quite a long time. <laughs> Come, come to the well, part. thing is, he's from Scotland, so he prefers the snow and the cold. So, oh, no um, yeah, no <laughs> he, he, I think um, sun might not be um, suitable for him, yes. although he's, he's, oh. he, he's, he's getting a bit of a taste of uh, what it could be like in Kerala being in Kolkata because the humidity and the weather will be similar, if not uh, the same. But he I have to... Beaches and everything, huh? so he's welcome down south. Well, uh, you know, it's surprising the people that listen to this. Well, it's, it shouldn't be surprising, but, but we're surprised because a lot of things we say, um, uh, well, what you say, the higher ups take forward. So you never know um, if uh, the owners of the Blasters are listening. That's not a bad shout out. And, um, and also, uh, if if people from Real Kashmir are listening, this is in no way to say we 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 are planning to poach your coach. <laughs> we just you know, this is just uh, this is just banter. Absolutely. I, I think uh, 
you mentioned him, but I think he has got a personal attachment to Royal Kashmir because he was there from the start, from the get-go. Uh, yeah. It is a, a personal thing for him, but uh, yeah, but it's not a bad shout-out. But uh, only on the I also, I, I, I also, uh, I also think it makes sense because I think Kerala Blasters are that side. I think a flat four, a four-four-two with a lot of crosses, resolute defense. That is the only thing that has worked with Kerala Blasters. And if somebody can do it, that's that's Robertson. I think he's done it really well with Real Kashmir. So with better players at his disposal, I think he might be actually able to achieve something uh, with Kerala Blasters as well. Yeah, you never know. You never know what might happen. Um, but hopefully um, we'll have um, one of the Highlanders, Highlanders uh, joining us uh, for the next show, which will be interesting uh, to see and speak to them uh, on their season. Uh, but I also have to give a shout out to uh, a regular uh, viewer. Uh, he takes time out and puts comments on the show. So Shubnam, really appreciate your support. Um, thank you for your comments and thank you for always supporting the show. Um, he, he seems to um, always uh, log in whenever we do the show. So thank you for that support. Thank you, um, thank you. But moving to the top two, is this uh, the City Group um, showing their strength and it's come through? Uh, do you th how much is that the reason why Mumbai City are where they are as champ well as Shield winners and into the Champions League next season? Oh, I, I, I want to start with the tweet they made yesterday. They said, add it to the cart. And so the ISL trophy or the, the, the league winners trophy added to the cart. And I was like, yes, that's, <laughs> that's what a lot of people are accusing of you having you know, done. You just probably like spent the money and like added things to your cart. But, uh, you know, banter aside, uh, we always expected this, right? We, 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 we mentioned Mumbai as firm favorites who win the win the title as early as like even before the even before the visit was blown. So um yeah to actually have done that and for Lobera to have made a statement saying hey I'm not a fluke, I know what I'm doing. Uh, it was not just a cool thing. I can do the same thing in, in Mumbai as well. He's also uh, developed a lot of good players. Somebody like Bipin Singh who's come through I know he's been around for a while, but to have, you know, given him the confidence, then somebody like Farooq to, you know, trust his youngster. So, he's done a lot of things with that Mumbai side and uh, they they will have it a little difficult because I think somebody like uh, Chahu and Mumu are still so vital for that side. Uh, and somebody like, you know, Beche, uh, you're not really getting younger. So, this is Citigroup making a statement. Is the Citigroup building a dynasty? It's still too early to say probably they'll need somebody more younger and they'll probably be trying to look for more Indian core group. You know, who's that Indian Indian spine that they have? They've got Rollin and Rainier, two very good midfielders. They've got Amrit that I hope he stays. So that that's probably the India's best keeper right now. So it's 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 I think they they are they're short of finding two, three more regular Indians out there. Uh, who can you know carry this forward and then we can say that you know Mumbai is really there to stay. But They've got the financial power to do it, so I don't expect them to do anything less. But um, with that backing and with the um, Citigroup um, ambitions everywhere, do you think this will be the first time an Indian club will take the Champions League? Well, I was going to say seriously, but, you know, really want to progress? Because I know uh, continental tournaments is not something we've done well in. Um, do you think that will change now with the backing? That it, it should. Mumbai have? Yeah. I mean, it'll be sad if they don't do it. 
I don't think it is a lack of seriousness from any any team that has been the reason why we, we, we failed in AFC tournaments. I think it's just that we don't have the financial power to, you know, attract, you know, attract big players. So, we go there with what we have and that's just not good enough for something like an AFC Champions League. But right now, if the City group really wants and if they're really interested, that's, they've got a, a fair shot with uh, Mumbai. They can, you know, get a couple of really good players. They've got a good coach in Libera and at least make a statement. I'm not saying go and win something, but at least make a good statement. Uh, a lot was expected with FC Goa, to be very honest, um, uh, this season. Uh, everybody thought they're going to really build on last year's uh, success and, uh, you know, do a lot of things. And I thought they made the team that way. I thought, that's what I keep going back to. I thought the summer was nice. I thought they were signing exciting players and they were going to really be attractive. So when I keep reading about, oh, how difficult the season has been and all that, especially as a Kerala Blasters supporter, I'm like, oh, how, where is it difficult? You had like a good team. You, you signed a good coach. I don't know how it's difficult for you guys. You have like good group rank as well. But um, yeah, uh, City Group, yeah, definitely. I hope. I really hope they'll be a series about teams. And um, obviously we can't end the chat without ATK. Uh, Mohan Bagan and uh, we talk about the uh, backing uh, Citigroup have got uh, for Mumbai City and the funds that they're likely to bring in even more into the future but it's, if, if there's one team with the ownership that could possibly challenge it is ATK Mohan Bagan isn't it um, and did you read much into the game yesterday because it was a comfortable win uh, for Mumbai yeah it was it was uncharacteristic Abbas performance they're usually very dogged and yeah. they, they thrive on these kind of pressure matches. So, it was a little uncharacteristic. Uh, also, mistakes from uh, otherwise very reliable defense. I thought TV was at fault for the first goal. And they're very uncharacteristic, but they're still there. They're still probably going to win the, win the, win the cup. Uh, because I think they're very good at knockout matches. And probably they took their eyes off it. I don't know. I have no explanation for it. Because that would have been a good shot for Habas to really say, hey, I'm more than just a, uh, just a knockout specialist. I am, I am building a dynasty here. So, yeah, a little disappointed with how ATK Mohan Bagan performed last night. But um, I don't think we need to read too much into it. I think it's just a one-off match. I'm going to play um, a bit of a, a theory here. And it's a very long shot. And uh, because I was surprised at the way ATK... Um, played but do you think um, they were, had one eye on who they could get in the playoffs um, and this is just a wild out of the box weird theory that yeah we'll go for northeast so all right we might not win the shield but northeast might be an easier way into the um, final is that just too long and too weird a theory <laughs> yeah but i think the uh, if you look at the finances attached to playing in the champions league if a yeah. team decides to, you know, uh, look at uh, which which opponent will be easier for the cup, that's very unlikely. And that's still the semi-final, right? You can you can beat Northeast, and you still have to come and play a Mumbai City again or uh, FC Goa, whoever. So I don't think they would have done that if they were thinking at the back of the mind. They then they should be really worried about the semi-final as well, because then that means they've lost focus and probably don't underestimate Northeast. No, absolutely. They've defeated Mumbai, right? Yeah, they've defeated Mumbai also. So, 
So yeah, it's, yeah, it was just something in the back of my mind, and um, but I think it's a it's a risky strategy. If, I don't think there would have been. I think that wouldn't. Uh, everybody wants to win, uh, no matter what it is. So uh, I was just putting it out there just to cause a bit of trouble. Uh, but uh, in terms of the playoffs now, I'm really looking forward to these uh, playoff games, uh, especially ATK Northeast United. I don't think that. Well, I'm not expecting it to be easy for ATK. Um, how do you see these panning out? I mean, we'll do the next show probably after the first leg, hopefully. Fingers crossed uh, with a couple of guests. Uh, but how do you see these games going? Um, because on paper, um, FC, uh, FC Go versus Mumbai, I mean, yeah, we've talked about the power and the squad that Mumbai have got. But FC Goa, like you keep saying, have got the talent there to challenge them. And Northeast, you can't take them lightly. So they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be uh, one-sided. Yeah, I think uh, the Mumbai FC Goa match, I kind of feel like Mumbai is going to dominate because they're very strong. Uh, I do. I didn't read enough to see if there are going to be any uh, suspensions for the stage. Then that that might make a, uh, a few differences here and there. But on paper, I feel Mumbai is far superior, and I, I'm expecting them to really dominate the FC Goa. Not, I'm not saying go score five, six goals, but at least uh, do enough to win both legs. The other match is going to be very interesting though, because Kali Jamil doesn't like losing clearly. Habas is a... a I was going to say, I don't think Habas likes losing. <laughs> at all, either. So, uh, that is going to be, I think, one one of those typical semi-final encounters. It's going to be like fought really hard in the midfield. I don't see a, a lot of chances being created at both ends. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a red card involved. I, I, I'm expecting a more um, feisty encounter in that leg. That's, that's a match I don't want to miss. Uh, Mumbai and FC Goa, I'll still be okay if I happen to miss it somehow. But the other match, that that's the kind of uh, semi-finals I really enjoy watching, the tight ones. And I hope it really lives up to the billing. And I hope, uh, say, Northeast can cause an upset in the first match, like a 2-1 or something, so that there's owners on ATK to go attack now. So that really changes things. If, if ATK is going to score first, then they're going to sit back and defend, and they're really good at that. So... Let's really see what's going to happen. And are you going to put, um, call it in terms of you think Mumbai will be one of the finalists or should be one of the I finalists? I want to say Mumbai and Northeast because, you know. Oh, that'd like be incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that would be a fantastic end to what has been a, a, a very unique season. I think is the way yeah. I can put it. Um, but yeah, like yourself, I'm really looking forward to these playoffs more than last season, um, actually. Um, I still remember discussing the playoff last season with you. It, it seems like it was just yesterday. I still remember walking. I was at my Chennai play house and and we called it right last time around. We called which side is going to win and how how it's going to happen. So. Well, I'm that, glad you said we because I think that was you. <laughs> but appreciate that. No, I no, um, I, I, I cannot distinctly remember that we agreed on yeah. how the matches are going to pan out as well. So take some credit as well. <laughs> Absolutely. But I know when I'm speaking to an expert and person with far more knowledge than me, so I tend to agree with that person. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the playoffs and, um, uh, and the games. And I think... Um, uh, like I said, um, I wouldn't be too now, happy now, to see. Suddenly, it's just like a flow of emotions. I miss being in Chennai. and Not necessarily being in Chennai, but I've got to watch that match. The first leg of uh, Chennai versus FC Goa. And we were expecting FC Goa to be really good. And then Chennai went and like, did well, 
scored you being there, I mean, what a role they were on last season from January onwards, and uh, you witnessed that. Um, but yeah, that was a special time for uh, Chennai in there at that time. Have I told you this? I've never seen Chennai lose at Jala Nehru Stadium in Chennai. Whenever I've gone there, they've at least uh, drawn the match. Goodness and I think in the season, they were having such a terrible season. I started going for matches. And the first match, I think, was the first match that I went to was a Hyderabad match. In which they finally managed to score a goal after such a like so many matches without goals. Um, and there was a 2-1. And there were two goals in the extra time. Or like wow. was three goals in the extra time. It was crazy, crazy moves. Well, a bit crazy like uh, Orisha's last game. But it was good to see my boys uh, leaving the season uh, to forget in a, in a memorable way. Uh, but um, we'll talk about Orisha more, um, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think um, the juggernauts are going to come on the show. And uh, just to give a shout out, hopefully we'll be able to get Mr. Sharma, Rohan Sharma, on the show as well. Um, that'll be an interesting yeah. conversation with him. Uh, but I can't sign off before, and you'll probably notice, I didn't want to talk about the English Premier League um, for obvious reasons. I don't think you want to. Um, I think... Uh, well, I did predict it. Now, uh, now whenever, whenever a Manchester United, uh, whenever Man United plays a, a top side, it's always 0-0. So I was playing badminton yesterday. I was like, you know, it's going to end 0-0. Why do we even watch? I watched the entire match thinking that I would be... Who went wrong in my theory, but again, it's another zero zero. <laughs> but I, I didn't watch the Leicester match. Oh, I, good job, you didn't. Yeah. I saw the first tweet from some Arsenal fans saying, Oh, no, here we go again, you know, another mistake, Leicester scoring. And I was like, Okay. Yeah. And then, the, then I didn't watch the match and realized, Oh. Yeah, apart from the loss, it's the fact that um, we've possibly lost Harvey Barnes for six weeks. And it seems to be the same thing as last season, repeating. Uh, just when we were had a chance of getting into the... Well, we were pretty much certainties to get into the top four. We had a whole spate of injuries, which um, just ruined our season at the end of um, uh, restart last year. And the same thing seems to be happening again. Uh, that's a huge loss. Um, if it is, I think it'll be confirmed today. But Coach um, Rogers yesterday was not very optimistic. So if, we, if he's out for six, seven weeks, that's going to be a huge loss for us. On top of uh, Madison, Fofana, uh, Ayosa Perez, uh, where's more? Madison's just not getting a break. No, he'll come back and he gets injured again. Yeah, uh, I think this is all catching up now because they didn't have the break last summer. Um, you know, the break was in lockdown, which is not a break. Uh, they had to the restart, then a quick turnaround to the new season. I think it's catching up with a lot of players. Um, but um, yeah, so Klopp uh, mentions the injuries he's got. I'm not going to be very happy again because he needs to look at our injuries. Uh, but we'll see what happens. We've got another game to bounce back. It'll be a very changed team against Burnley on Wednesday. Uh, but um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully um, the ending will be different to last season. But um, yes, a um, lot to look forward to again this week with the playoffs. And um see how that pans out and then hopefully we'll get a couple of fans on next week as well to help us um, talk about what's been happening in the playoffs but um, once again um, really appreciate uh, you kicking my week off in such a positive and uh, spirited manner put me in a good mood ready for Monday um, so uh, thank you for that um, and also for not sharing the view um, I'm glad although it did get me through a few days yesterday just thinking about the view you had uh, but um, 
thank you for not putting us through that again, making us jealous for a day. But uh, um, but hopefully you'll have another fantastic week and um, look forward to speaking to you next week, my friend.